I'm Emma G. Rose, author of Contemporary Fantasy and Mythological Weirdness. I'm Shelley Shearer, author of Urban Fantasies and Cozy Mysteries. Welcome to Indie Book Talk. Join us as we explore the expanding universe of indie books. Hello and welcome back to Indie Book Talk. Today we have Missy Sheldrake, the author of the Keepers of the Wellspring series. Missy does all of her own illustrations and she has a coloring book, which we're absolutely going to ask her about. So welcome to the show, Missy. Thank you. How are Yay. You? Fine, thanks. So please tell us a little bit about your series first. Oh, the series is a really fun YA fantasy series. It's um basically a girl with a sword and a fairy friend and they go running around chasing after sorcerers. Cool. Yeah. Good versus evil. High fantasy stuff. In your bio, there's mention that you had this manuscript from college and it had won an award in college and you dusted it off. So is this the same series? And follow-up question, how long was it between college and dusting off the manuscript? We won't deduce your years or anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, yeah, it is the same manuscript. It's actually the first book. And it was about, let's see, college was 96, so a while ago. And um, I started writing the first book of the series in 2014. So what prompted this return to fiction? Um, I think my son had just started going to school. I always get a burst of inspiration in the fall. Hmm. Just it feels like a time of renewal for me because of school starting. And, you know, even though I don't go to school anymore, I still get that burst of inspiration around that same time. Yeah, I think that year I had, I think I had just heard about NaNoWriMo. Ah. And I had been kind of on a reading binge for a while. And everything I read, it wasn't what I wanted to be reading. Mm. And <laughs> there were a few things that I read that I just thought I could write. Just like this, you know, I could, I could probably write this, you know. So I just took that manuscript out. I was cleaning stuff out, you know, and looked it over. And I thought, hmm, maybe I'll give this a shot. Now, you mentioned NaNoWriMo in there. And I want to take a second because this episode is probably going to run right before NaNo starts. So for those who don't know, NaNoWriMo <laughs> is National Novel Writing Month. And a few of us authors, by which I mean thousands and thousands of people around the world, go into crazy productive mode and decide to write an entire novel in one month. If that's something you're into, there's a really great website and support system to do that. Missy, do you still do nano or is this something that you did that yeah. one time to jumpstart you and now you're you're on your own pace? I... On and off, I do. I always start Nano with good intentions. <laughs> and then, <laughs> you know, life happens. So, um, this, this year, I'm going to try again. But um, yeah, that first year, I wrote that whole book during NaNoWriMo. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to try Nano this year again as well, just to get my move going. <laughs> you can do it, Shelly. I can do it. So, <laughs> so what made you decide to go the indie publishing route? Um, I don't know if I mentioned it in my bio. I probably didn't, but I did win that award, which I know I did mention. And I sent my manuscript out because it was um, judged by a big time publisher in New York City. 
And I sent, she asked for my manuscript and I sent it to her. And of course, you know, I got a rejection and life kind of took over at that point. And I was like, yeah, whatever. And I sort of put it away, like I said. And um, I never really liked the idea of, you know, if some, if whoever's reading the manuscripts that day is having a bad day or spills their coffee or something and and you're (laughs) you're just like gets put in the bin and forgotten about. And I liked the idea of having total control over what I was doing. Mm -hmm. Um, I do all my own covers. I do all my own illustrations. I do all my layout. Um, And it's hard work and it's frustrating a lot of the time, but it's all me and it's something I can be proud of. Um, Maybe I have a problem letting go of control. (laughs) (laughs) This is a common tale among indie (laughs) authors, I think. But I also, you know, I, I always wanted to know about how a book was made and what the process is, not just the writing part and the editing part, but the, you know, putting it together, like <laughs> doing the cover and the title page and all that. You know, I feel like if you're going to do it, why not learn all aspects of it just to see if you like it? No, that's cool. Um, yeah. So that's what I did. Now, do you have a background in graphic design or did you go to college for illustration or is this just something that you do? My um, degree is in illustration and painting. Ah. And yeah. And so um, I always wanted to do book covers. Even when I was in college, I wanted to do like the old fashioned 80s mass market fantasy book covers. That was my goal. Hmm. Um, but of course we know that the publishing industry evolved a lot since then and they don't really do those kind of covers anymore. So it was fun to design it anyway and do my own. And that was one dream college dream that came true. I ended up being a cover designer for myself. (laughs) I do feel like your covers have sort of a classic, but modern feel somehow. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I'm looking at them and I'm seeing them as fairy tales in a lot of ways. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I really like my favorite one that I've looked at so far is the one for the children's book, A Fairy Friend. Oh, yeah, that's Flit on the cover. And she's actually A Fairy Friend was a fun book because I took all the illustrate. I took many illustrations from my novels and I because I go to shows and to do signings at like craft fairs and things like that. And I, I had a lot of comments that people said they wish that I had a children's book. And I always wanted to be a children's book author. And so I just sort of recycled some of the illustrations from the series into like a little thing about your fairy friend. And I just popped those illustrations into the picture book. So the cover image on that fairy friend is Flit. And she's one of the main characters in the series. Ah, well, she's beautiful. I love her wings. Do you have (laughs) tips for authors who are, who are making decisions about covers? Um, Like what have you discovered as you work on this that maybe could be passed on to someone who doesn't have a degree in illustration? Um, As far as designing their own or as far as just Mm -hmm. deciding what to use for a cover? Um, Either. I I would say, I would say, I'm going to, I'm going to say mostly, 
choosing what to use for a cover, choosing like how do they pick a good cover? Because I, I really, unless you do have a degree in illustration and you really understand how book covers work, I always try to push people not to do their own covers. Yeah, I would say the same. We've seen some bad ones. Oh, yes. There are a lot of covers out there that, you know, it, it kind of people do judge a book by its cover. And I've taken some marketing classes and um, the advice that I got from them was to go into the genre on Amazon or Barnes and Noble or any place that sells books, go into um, your genre and get specific. Like I go into sword and sorcery or, you know, fantasy sword and sorcery, fantasy coming of age and click on the best sellers in that category. And you want to look at the things that, that um, those covers have in common. So, you know, some, like if you go into romance novels, you'll notice that most of the covers have a couple on the cover and their heads are not visible. And it's mostly like arms around each other. You know, there's, there's specific things for specific genres. That's almost the same for every single book on that bestsellers list. Um, And honestly, I've changed my covers probably four or five times since I published. Oh, wow. And which Goodreads hates that. (laughs) They do. (laughs) They do. You have to send them an email and they're like, wait, but what? (laughs) And then they never show the right one on there. Yeah. Anyway. Are you um, doing that because your style is changing or are you doing Um, it because your style is changing or do you feel you're just evolving the covers more to, to match more the mainstream or what was the choice? uh, My, my um, goal for that was to, to be able to put my book up next to those bestsellers and have it be similar Mm -hmm. so that people, when they look at it, they know exactly what they're going to get just by looking at the book. Cause like I said, people do judge by its cover and um, so it's important that when you look at a book, you can easily identify the genre of the book just by looking at what's on the cover of it. Because um, people, you know, you get only two seconds or whatever when people are scrolling through all those books to catch their eye. So it has to be something they're familiar with that, that they'll say, oh, that reminds me of such and such. Or, you know, and then that draws them in and makes them want to see more. Yeah, I love the how you use really bold colors with yeah. the silhouettes. Yeah, that was, um, that's fun. Cause, and I still identify each book by the color of the cover. I, that's something I don't think I'll ever change no matter how many times I change the covers. Cause each book has kind of its own color theme. Now I'm looking at the keepers of the wellspring series and I'm kind of just scrolling, looking at all of the book covers. I was immediately struck by this sort of silhouette um, style and then I get to the to book three, and it doesn't really have that in the same way. And then it goes back to that style. Was that an intentional choice, or is that particular book like different enough that it needed a different style? That book, um, Brindelier, is sort of a floating city, Ooh. and so that's that book is called Call of Brindelier. And I think the picture on the cover is a picture of a. A floating city and I really wanted to use that hmm. and I there is a character introduced in that book like a third main character introduced in that book but for some reason I just didn't feel like it was striking enough to have her 
represented there. So I felt like the um, the floating city was more would draw people in more. And by then, I feel like most people who are reading book three are already familiar with what the series is. So yeah, I feel like I have more leeway to kind of play with that a little bit more. That's so interesting. I'm always curious because I don't know anything. I mean, I, I can look at a cover and say I like that, but I don't have really the sense of like, why is this the right choice? I just know when the cover designer gives me the one that's not the right choice and I say no. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. It's like, that does not yeah, fit me. The, you know, the most important thing for a cover is to make sure that you never use, um, you never use copyrighted images yes. or fonts mm-hmm. and um, that you are looking at things like the, the font type, you know, the font and the, um, the treatment of the font and making sure that you can really read the title, even when it's, you know, an inch tall on the screen. Yeah, there's a lot to think about. I mean, there is a lot. And that was why I did so many covers was I was just tweaking and tweaking. I think the version before these had the silhouettes much smaller. And I had some advice from a marketing school that told me to blow those figures up, make them bigger and more pronounced. And that's what you see now on the ones you can see on my paperbacks that they're still the smaller ones, Mm -hmm. but on the um, digital, on the eBooks the silhouettes are much bigger. And I think it made a difference. I mean, it's a lot of um, trial and error. Yes. And it's important not to take it super seriously and just to try things. I mean, everything is a learning experience. So if something doesn't work, you can always, I think that was another thing that appealed to me as an indie author is I can change it. It's just an upload of a file for me. It's not that big of a deal. But if I had a publisher and I wanted to change, I mean, once once you have a publisher, they just right. do whatever they want with your cover. So, you might get some input, you know, but you might not. You don't have that much. You, right. You, you can have some say, but you can't be like, let's try this cover, you know, or maybe you can. I don't know. And believe <laughs> me, after, after seven books, I have seven books out now. I can definitely see the appeal of just letting go of a manuscript. And <laughs> You're like, I'm tired. You do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so tired. But then you put out a coloring book. Is that recent? The coloring book was in 2019. So I did the coloring book and the um, picture book in anticipation of um, – shows for 2020 for when I'm in person, you know, when I'm doing signings mm. and things. Mm. And then of course we all know what happened in 2020. So that didn't really, you know, I had this whole stockpile of coloring books and picture books and they sat in my house for a while, but I've done a couple shows this year and they've done. Really oh, good. Well, so I think they were a good decision. Yeah. And those are just outlines of my illustrations that are in the book. I just chose the ones that I thought people would be most interested in and made a coloring book out of them. Well, I love a good coloring book. So I think that, that looks very cool. Even even not having read the books, I'm still like, ooh, look at these. <laughs> and I tried to keep in mind like using the right paper and it's not super awesome quality paper, but it's the better choice of paper. It's, it's not mm-hmm. tissue paper. You can actually color on this stuff. Right. It's not like newsprint paper, you know. Coloring books are through Amazon and the picture books are through Ingram. Do you notice a quality difference in the print um, between the two options? 
I mean, it's hard to say because they're such different beasts. But I think, honestly, I was a little disappointed in the Ingram picture book. I feel like I really wanted to have glossy pages mm-hmm. in that book, and that's not something that they offer. Mm-hmm. Oh. And I don't think Amazon does either, although I haven't really checked out their hardcovers yet. I mean, I'm happy with the way the book turned out, but I do wish I could have had it in a glossy finish. And by the way, while I'm thinking of Ingram Spark, I just want to mention that I just released this past March, I released a hardcover of Call of Kithshire, and that has Flit on the cover. I'm doing fairy covers for the hardcover version. And, oh, cool. Um, I just released the um, second book in hardcover also. And it's available only on my website. Okay, so that's a great segue. Go to her website, look at all the pretty pictures, and then just totally pick books based on covers. But you have your choice. You can have this cover or this cover. Right. <laughs> you can get hardcover, softcover, whatever you want. Uh, that's right. Where can people find you if they do want to sneak a peek at your beautiful illustrations? So I'm on Instagram as M underscore Sheldrake, and I'm on um the web, missysheldrake.com. Perfect. Awesome. And definitely go check her out because really, guys, the art is beautiful. And she has all these bookmarks. So you could just collect bookmarks and stickers too. Just saying. <laughs> bookmarks, stickers. Yeah, I got it all covered. I want this sticker and this sticker and this sticker. I'm running out of room on my laptop. I need a new laptop for more stickers. <laughs>